Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, Milwaukee Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewer Review Podcast. Uh, we've got Vince and myself, Craig, here with you, um, bringing you some Brewer baseball talk. Vince, how are you, how's it going? It's going well, Craig. How are you? And uh, howdy to Scotty and Chad. I assume they're on here as well. Yeah, I wish I could say it's going well for the Brewers. Uh, it's been a rough week. Um Luckily, I chose the right home game to go to last week, Wednesday. They Burns versus uh, the Orioles, and the Brewers won that game 10 to nothing. Fortunately, since mm-hmm. that game, the Brewers have rattled off, um, I believe, six straight losses, including getting swept at home by the Oakland A's um, yeah. and also um, two games set in Minnesota, as well as the last game of the series in Baltimore. So things aren't going well. Yeah. We're no longer in first place. However, uh, let's just talk a little bit about how big of a mess the NL Central is overall. I mean, well, when you say the Pirates are in first place, I, I guess you would assume there's a mess going on, um, but that's what's happening. So the Brewers, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a big battle for first place coming up this weekend at AmFam Field. So all you Brewer fans listening, get on out there. It should be exciting. Uh, yeah, and, lo- and actually, fortunately, it's not against the Cardinals. They'll be against the Pirates. So uh, three games set at home against the Pirates this weekend. Uh, Brewers can take control, back control of their own destiny for the season. So that's the exciting positive part. Um, yep. The Reds, I think, are less than two, two games out of the division lead as well. The Cubs are hanging around, I think, in fourth place. And the Cardinals are in uh, dead last, which is fun to say. Um, I think they're about 15 games or so behind well, 500, and they're losing games and really horrifically bad fashion. Um, and with all that said, I mean, if they turn things around, I mean, there, there's no reason they can't get back in this division race, which is sad uh, state of affairs. It's it's pretty sad yeah. at this point. The only team making the NL playoffs this year out of the NL Central will be the division winner. So the Brewers really, at this point, probably only have one path to get yeah. to that point, which we kind of thought going into the season. Um, I guess, uh, what's your overall take on the state of the NL Central? And is any, does any of this surprise you, I guess? Um, it is a little surprising, I, I think, that, you know, the Cardinals are as bad as they are. I'm um, still not going to count them out because, it's, you know, the Cardinals, and they've been known to go like 30-0 and 0 in September. So I'm not going to count them out yet. I, I think that the division was weak going into the season. I think that we, we knew that. I don't think that we knew quite how bad it was. Um, What's interesting, well, I guess a couple of things are interesting. Number one, it's on the frustrating side, it's, I think, very true that the Brewers could have almost put this division away already uh, if we would have just played a little bit better. I mean, all the teams started playing bad at the same time. It's really frustrating just to to have that potential capability of, of running away with this division and not doing it this season. And maybe it's just we don't have the talent to do that. But um, you know, certainly that's a little bit frustrating, more than a little bit frustrating, actually. Um, the other interesting thing, though, is, is that a number of the teams in the Central are good young teams. And I don't think yeah, you want to emphasize the word good too much here in the 2023 season. But it is kind of interesting because I think we are starting to see some teams in the Central um, kind of come up to, to what their potential might be here in the years ahead. So, 
you know, we've seen the Reds call up a couple excellent prospects here in the last couple of weeks, uh, including one of their pitchers, Abbott, who shut down the Brewers, unfortunately. But um, I think that that's going to be interesting to see how the Reds develop and the Pirates are obviously playing pretty well and have a, have a pretty good young core as well. So I do think that the Brewers are really going to have to kind of step up to continue to, to be a playoff contender in that division. So that's something that, you know, I think fans are going to want to keep an eye on in future years. But um, as for this year, it's just more the frustration side of not being able to run away with this division at this point with, you know, teams that I think are clearly below the Brewers talent level um, that we're still not able to, to, to knock out of the water here. I mean, you could honestly say that no team is really out of contention yet at this point. Um, so yeah, that's my frustrated few cents for, you know, this past very frustrating week. Yeah, no, I mean, you're correct in a lot of that assessment. I mean, some of the other teams below us in the division, their arrows are kind of pointing up, not just for this season, but more so for in the future. The Reds, as they've got a stable of young arms that are coming up and a, and a whole quandary of uh, really nice young bats, too. So they're going to, I think, turn into contenders fairly quickly. The Cubs are still in their rebuild, but I think that they're a season or so, maybe two at the most, of coming out of that. And, of course, they've got the deep pockets and the big market to turn that around quickly. The Cardinals will rebound in some fashion, I'm sure. The, the number one thing that sticks out to me about the Cardinals, I mean, how much different is this Cardinals team than the one that won the division last year? I mean, the bottom line is the main yeah. X factor is it's missing Yadi Molina, and it's sorely missing Yadi Molina because the entire pitching staff is not nearly as good as it used to be. A lot of the same names are there. There are some health issues, obviously, but overall, I mean, their offense still seems like it should be stacked. I mean, it came into the season with two guys that finished, I think, in the top five in NL MVP voting last year and Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Ornato. And then you've got some of the best young prospect hitters in baseball with Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman and whatnot. And yeah. a mix of, of all these guys like Tommy Edmond uh, and, and Lars Nupar. And you think, wow, this team is definitely going to be battling for us for the division crown and they're just having a horrible season there's really no other way to slice it and, and it's got to be the Yadi Molina factor as much as I didn't like the guy obviously it was a huge huge reason for their success yeah yeah and clearly Contreras hasn't really stepped up to be the player that they wanted him to be um you know Oliver Marmol apparently there's been some clubhouse issues I think that there was you know a couple things that kind of leaked out earlier on in this year regarding guys not hustling and and then being benched and then being called out at a press conference that I, I'm a little surprised that that happened uh, under a, a Cardinals manager. Typically they are really buttoned up and keep that stuff very much in house, but you know, Marmol was there last year though, too. So to your point, it's not like this is a, new, a brand new manager. He was there in 2022 and you know, the Cardinals had a great year last year. They finished 93 and 69. So um, I don't think it's just that. I think that may be a factor. So I, you know, obviously it's been gone for a while, but uh, Albert Pujols, uh, is also gone from last year's Cardinals team as well. So, you know, those are two real veteran guys between him and Molina that are gone that are no longer able to, you know, be, be those contributing factors in the clubhouse to steady things. And I, I, I'm guessing that you're right, that that's probably has a lot to do with it. And, and conversely to that, I mean, that's not the right word, but um, the Pirates got their old uh, former MVP, um, Andrew McCutcheon back in the fold this year and they're uh, to me I'm they just don't have the talent on their 40-man roster in my opinion to be a playoff team this year but here we are mid-June and they're in first place in NL Central I don't think 
I would have guessed this. I don't think any real baseball pundits would have guessed this at all. I think most of them picked them for, to be quite frankly, dead last NL Central. So the NL Central is almost in some ways flipped <laughs> in some ways as as far as like the expectations. But uh, the Brewers yeah. luckily are still hanging around, like I said, battling for first place with those Pirates this weekend. So I think there's still plenty to be optimistic about. Uh, the other thing I'll point out just about the NL Central that is the re reason like I think almost everyone in the division is under 500 almost. Um, and that's the fact that this is the year MLB started their new rule where they're going to have every team played uh, every other team in the league for the first time. And I think that's more of a balanced schedule. So what that means is we play less games per year against other NL Central opponents and vice versa. So there's really no, we're not getting those easy wins from some of the other NL Central teams to kind of boost our, uh, and so I think that's definitely having an effect. Uh, I know Scott and his interns uh, really felt that uh, that they that the that this would affect the the records of the teams in NL Central this year, and they've proven to be true. So I mean that's a, another yeah. factor into all this. But yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting when you when you kind of break down the Brewers' record um, by the by division. The Brewers are eight and five against the National League Central right now. Um, so yeah, that's in. Let's see, what is that? Eight and five in overall season series play. Yeah, so that's not good. I mean, if they would have had a flip of that, they'd they'd still be in first. So I mean, they've got to take yep. care. And so I mean, a, a home set against the Pirates here, the Brewers have got to take care of business. I think again, our number one failing is definitely our offense. I mean, there's really oh yeah no other way to slice it. It has been for a number of years. I mean, since Braun left, we still had Yelich in prime form. We lose him and Yelich, the actual losing the actual MVP Yelich and just getting whatever the shell of this is. Um, we're losing. We just don't have any franchise hitters in the middle of our lineup. It's sorely needed. I mean, we're, we're putting pressure on Willie Domas, who had a great season last for both the last two years, I guess, for us. But uh, to be our best hitter franchise hitter and I just don't think that he's got that type of talent unfortunately I mean I think he's he he'd be, he'd be better suited to being like our third or fourth best hitter on a playoff caliber team to be quite honest and well and when you said when you said great seasons in the past like yeah he did have really good years in Milwaukee especially 2021 but last year he he hit 238 you know he still had an OBP that was under 300 I I, I think he's good for what he is he's obviously a team leader he's obviously a guy that um, I love the way that he plays the game and his passion. You know, I think that this is going to be a conversation, though, that we're going to continue to have both on the show and as a larger fan base in the months going forward uh, as to whether or not a guy like Willie Adamas is going to be worth the contract extension price that he's likely going to command just because there aren't a ton of shortstops um, on the market with some of his skill sets. And, you know, it, one thing that you've certainly seen this year is, you know, injuries cutting into things, including with Willie's overall numbers. He's sitting at 10 home runs right now, 28 RBIs. But, yeah, that 204 – Betting average in 283 OBP this season is the it, it's not not good. I mean, yeah, I I think that you know there's a lot of frustration kind of building for certain guys in our lineup that there were expectations for, and quite frankly, this is part of the problem that we addressed. I think in one of our spring training episodes, Craig, that you know kind of gets into talking about the Brewers' piecemeal approach to to roster construction, and you know, I don't think Willie's alone in having these expectations that are set for him that are a little unrealistic, uh, looking at his career numbers, and you know, you can't, you can expect a guy like Willie Adams to be a great complimentary piece. I don't think that you can expect him to be the guy that carries your offense every night, 
and nor should he be. You know, he plays a good defensive shortstop and he's going to hit for some power and he's going to be better than a lot of other shortstops, but he still isn't going to be the key offensive cog in your machine if you're, you know, a well-balanced team, in my opinion. And, you know, obviously injuries have been an issue, but I think that this was an issue far before the injuries on this on this team and kind of how this roster was constructed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess there's other guys that just haven't stepped up either. I mean, Louis Arias has uh, just come off a long aisle stint, and I get that, but he's someone I think the Brewers are really looking for to solidify himself as a, as a good quality hitter who can get on base and in some portion of their lineup. And he's just been pretty horrible. He's still batting under 100. Um, it's just his bat is not reliable. And he's, you know, a fringe major leaguer at this point. Um, so, yeah, Scotty's interns are passing me a note. He's got nine strikeouts and 25 at bats on the year. Yeah. And this is supposed to be, he really, I thought profiled as a contact hitter based off his minor league numbers. Um, and someone that could draw a walk and whatnot. And um, he's just, it's, it's just disappointing. I mean, uh, and again, there's excuses to be had going all the way around, I'm sure. But the bottom line is, yeah, some guys have to have to step up and I, and we do appreciate uh, Ginger for getting those, um, those current strikeout stats on Louis Arias, uh, one of Scott's interns. I appreciate that. But for the most part, um, this team is constructed with a really good and deep um, starting pitching staff, especially top heavy. And now we got some issues there, the Woodruff injury and, and whatnot, and, and obviously Lauer. Um, but then you also have um, you, you have a bullpen that has a you know an ace closer, so to speak, uh, a lockdown closer in Devin Williams. But then also. A lot of the other bullpen is just guys stepping up like Strzelecki and Piam. So doing a great job this year. Bush has been injured. Um, but really, when it comes down to the offense, the former Brewer playoff teams were constructed with those key middle order hitters, three and four hitters that you could rely on, like Braun and Yelich. Or, uh, and then surrounded by a bunch of guys that were either young guys or with some with their arrow pointing up or a bunch of like veterans that they pulled out of the uh, I'll, I'll say off of the bargain bin rather than the dumpster, but basically off the bargain bin. And every once in a while, those guys work out someone like a Rowdy Tellez, but nine out of 10 times, the other guys, the Darren Ruffs, the Dan Vogelbacks, the John Singletons of the world are not going to work out. And at some point this carousel has got to stop. It seems like we've not been able to find good corner infielders and I think that their overall philosophy as corner infielders could be anyone um you know that that is a cast off from another organization because um they're kind of a dime a dozen in their minds and I just disagree with that philosophy I mean they have they you know they really value versatility which is great for depth and for covering for injuries and that's awesome I, I but when it comes to really getting that run producing bat that you have to have in the middle of the lineup and speak, you know, we don't have no anyone like the Cardinals do with like Goldschmidt and Arenado. We have we have no player anywhere near that caliber. And right, no, it, I don't. I don't. Uh, and it's just yeah, starting no, to I, show now. And we're really starting to feel that because we 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 get shut out a lot of games and and to shut down, we hardly score any run. It's just it's very frustrating. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Speaking of uh, guys who we're going to call bargain finds, the Brewers, uh, I guess, in a bit of news since our last taping. 
uh, did pick up outfielder Rymel Tapia, uh, who had recently been let go from the Red Sox. So he was a, another recent pickup. And again, he kind of, he kind of, uh, again, not saying it's, it's a bad move to pick up someone like this, but is it going to move the needle? I would be surprised if it did. Tapia joins a long list of guys at the Brewers have kind of worked through some of these uh these positions and, and have given some time to during injuries to guys who were supposed to be frontline starters like the Darren Ruffs of the world. So um, who knows how long this will last uh, as an experiment, but that is new since our last podcast. What do you think about bringing in Rymel Tapia? Well, I will say um, Scott's a huge fan of Tapia or has been. Um, he's been bouncing around. Yeah. Obviously spent most of his career so far with the Rockies, but yep. I mean, the advantage, he can, again, versatility, he can play all three outfield positions um, and he can get on base, but he, he's more of a leadoff hitter type. Um, so it could be a good addition. You know, he's still young enough. I believe he's under 30 that he could still ha- have something left in the tank. But again, yeah. we're, we're in a journeyman stage here in the bargain bin. Like if he can't hit in Colorado, um, you know, like there's probably, um, you know, you're this, he's probably more of a fourth or fifth uh, outfielder to be quite honest. And, and so, yeah, you know, we're really at the stage now where we're, we're trying to find those type of guys. It looks like because of injuries and uh, speaking of someone we probably would have ha- wanted to count on uh, instead of signing someone like Tapia, it would have been someone like Sal Freelich, who's spent the last couple months on the D on the minor league IL he just came off of it and he's played three games at triple AAA so far. So at some point he could factor into the Brewer season, I think. Uh, but obviously we're missing out on Garrett Mitchell, who really hit well last year at the major league level as a, as a rookie. And uh, this year, I think we were calling on him for to be an everyday starter at center field. So that injury has really had a ripple effect on the roster. Unfortunately, Bryce Trang did pretty well while he's up here, but again, the Brewers sent him down when Arias came off the off the IL, thinking that, that he's got options where Arias doesn't, and uh, he's got options and he's uh, you know can they can again kick that can of his service time down the road one more year by keeping him down I think at least thirty more days. Yeah. So that's probably going to happen as much as you pointed out last podcast that with his defense or whatever he's probably showed that he he deserved to stay in the major leagues and he is a major leaguer. So we will see him back, but we really probably aren't going to be counting on his bet for the next month. So. We, it's really sink or swim with Urias and whoever else, uh, like Owen Miller or whatever, who can cover yeah. base until he gets up. So, um, yeah, I mean, just looking at our at our 25M roster and the hitters on it, it's just, I mean, John Singleton really hasn't done anything yet. Um, it's just frustrating. I look at our lineup and it looks to me like a triple A team. I, I hate to say it, but it, I, I think some we lose to our offense could be bested by many AAA teams across the Meyer League. So that, that being said, and this is the conversation that we've been having kind of behind the scenes with our anonymous source, Tom Tom Carter. But, you know, OTC, with that, yeah, yeah. yeah well, Tom C. Yeah, to Tom. say. Just, just, just Tom okay. C. That way no one will know his actual Tom name. Carter. Okay, T. Carter. Okay. But he, he we're, you know, we were talking and he was like, you know, if this talent level is kind of what we're seeing at this point in the season, are the Brewers going to be sellers? instead of buyers at the deadline i understand this is a weak division and i understand the the feedback that the organization seemingly got from fans last year when trading josh Hader, uh, well in first place for no one that actually helped the team uh down the stretch but do you find that this year's brewers could actually be um could they could they be sellers at the deadline craig well 
of course, I think nothing is off the table because, I mean, we're still six weeks out from the trade deadline. And even though the Brewers are sitting in a pretty, you know, like I just mentioned, uh, if they suit the Pirates this weekend, you know, they're back in first place and, you know, they can control what happens here on out. But that's just wishful thinking. I mean, the bottom line, if you look at our 40-man roster and who we have available on offense, it's hard for me to think that us adding one or two uh, bat veteran bats or whatever we're not going to add a superstar that's for sure um uh, doing that's not going to save our offense um but um you know if we're still in contention we have to do something i think to add to our offense when it comes to trade deadline i i don't i just don't think yeah we could become sellers though if we have a really horrific month and i mean they'd obviously have to reevaluate up until the trade deadline but as of now, I'm trying to stay positive because I don't necessarily want that to happen as a Brewer fan. Um, like I said, no, this, definitely. This to me it was the year to really know that you could go for it and keep Burns and Woodruff and Adamas are yeah. arguably three best players right now, all the way to the end of the season, and then evaluate in the offseason uh, which ones of them you'll be able to resign and which one you'll be able to trade um or whatever or or if again you may have a really nice deep run to the playoffs maybe you want to keep them and run it back again and just take comp compensation picks uh yeah yeah they become free agents at the end of next season but so this was kind of like the telltale season to uh where we're at as a franchise and if we go into sell full-on sell mode before a trade deadline that really there's no other way to slice it then and we're going to just go into basically full rebuild mode because there's no other way to slice that so if that's a disheartening change for for, for uh, an abrupt one for fans because we've been in contention mode for five plus years now, which is kind of nice. And yeah, I, I don't remember very many stretches in Brewer history <laughs> where we've gone. Well, and that's and that is my point too, Craig. I you know to be clear, I'm not advocating that we start to sell. I I yeah. guess I question how much damage we can do in the playoffs with this group if we don't make some you know key additions uh, at the deadline. But it's not usually the Brewers. Uh, mo to go out and get guys at the deadline at least in the last few years um that are going to make any meaningful impact so my hope is is that you know we start to play better baseball obviously and that we do add some guys at the deadline and that we are uh, fully in contention and that we can make you know a decent run in october because of those additions and because we get hot at the right time kind of like you know more recent examples like the 2019 nationals or the even the 2021 braves and you know there's been others of course as well but you know, teams that may not be the most talented in the league, but who get hot at the right time and, and then play great baseball. And um, so that's that's my hope. And, you know, you bring up the historical example of the five-year span in Brewers history, and I, I think you're right. I mean, we're, we're in our, what, 54th season as a team in Milwaukee, and uh, we've got eight playoff appearances, including one with a losing record in 2020. So I, I don't think that it's – I don't think we can take those opportunities lightly. I think that anytime the Brewers are – even close, the organization has to go for it. I understand the desire to not lose guys and get nothing in return as free agents, but I still think that you make a run when you can make a run. I mean, what are you what are you saving for if you're not going to use it when you can and when you're in a position to try? So I, I, I would I would even take free agent or take compensation of some type if guys leave as free agents um, if we were in contention next season going forward. So I I, I agree. Like you got to take your shot. Well, for a franchise that's in, is this our 54th, 53rd or 54th year as, 54th a, as a franchise, right there, there's definitely less than 20 of those years where we hit the de the trade deadline still in position to be buyers. So, I mean, the fact that yeah. that was the most frustrating thing for Brewer fans last year is after weathering so many seasons slash decades of just being um, 
you know, rebuilders or whatever, or doormats, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That then uh, we're finally, we're literally in a season where we're going past the all star break in first place in our division. And yeah. the front office then says that, oh, well, we're going to sell. Yeah, exactly. No, and I know, I know how long you've been a diehard fan, and uh, certainly am in the same same category. And you know, I, I remember celebrating with you back in was it 2006 when the Brewers finally finished 500 for the <laughs> 500 during a season for the first time since 1992, um, where we didn't have a losing record. Like, like you know, we've we gone six... through some yeah awful years, you know, and we got to take we got to take the shots when when we have them because. You know, quite frankly, 2025 comes around and we've hypothetically lost Burns and we've lost Woodruff and we've lost Adamus. Well, then you might, you know, justify and understand why the Brewers would, quote unquote, rebuild at that time and go with a slew of young guys. And, you know, guys like Mitchell and Weimer will be in their third season, I guess, at that point and still developing and still may need another year or two before we're really coming into contention again. I think it's understandable at that point. I think most Brewer fans would say, take your shot when you can take it. Yeah, just that's what history teaches us with this team. And and yeah, I think that what they were trying to say, oh, sorry, Brewer fans, last <laughs> year we, we we had a shot. Oh, in fact, we were in first place, but we we'd evaluate, we decided we couldn't pass on that hater deal. So we did we took it even though it it destroyed the season or whatever and morale and fan morale and all that stuff. Uh, so we learned our lesson yeah. from that. We're not going to do that this year because, but I mean, yeah, so so because of that, and not that that statement can't change, like I said, we tank for the next month, but I think the the fact that we're in position, we still have those guys under contract, and we are, I guess, fortunate enough that the NL Central is a complete mess and the Cardinals are really having a horrific season. I think we have to take advantage of that as well. And obviously, yeah. I think that we can out we can have a better record than the pirates and the, and the reds and certainly the Cubs for the rest of the season. And I feel that we can out yeah. do, the, we do the Cardinals by eight, eight and a half games or whatever, or, or whatever eight games that we are now above them. So I, I, I think that we got to stay and go for, and, you know, go try to make the playoff mode. And, you know, I think we can do that still. Um, and then once we get to the playoffs, it's one of those things like, yeah, our offense might not be as good as the other teams, but anything can happen. I think with our, can happen. if our big three aces are healthy going in the playoffs, that's a huge, huge boom. Uh, and if maybe we add a bullpen piece to uh, our lockdown closer, I think we'd have a really good pitching staff going into a short uh, playoff series and, and a chance to win it with just a little bit of offense. And, you know, offense sometimes click and, you know, we have the talent there adding one or two pieces could do us some good for the playoffs. As you saw, what the Braves did two years ago by adding Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario, who yeah. really were fringe starters almost at that point on their team, on yeah. the team traded them. And they became yeah. like basically playoff stars. I mean, the Brewers could add someone like that and that actually works out also. So you got to stay positive. That's a, great and, that's a great example, Craig, because they, the Braves in 2021, they pretty much remade their outfield with just a couple months to go before the postseason. I mean, that, that outfield had not played together for that long, actually. And, and then all of a sudden they were in the playoffs together. And that was a combination of, you know, guys who were not performing well uh, originally on the opening day roster and injuries. And, and you're right. I mean, that, that Braves team, and I, again, go back to that national team in 2019, a team that, you know, was not playing well at the all-star break. You would have hardly have known that they were possibly in contention. And I was living in Washington at the time then, as I'm sure you remember. And it was, I watched that team a lot. I mean, I was at a lot of games and they weren't that good. And then all of a sudden they just turned it on 
like there was a there was like a breaking point some somewhere around like the third week of July right after the All Star break and they started to look really good and then they got hot at the right time you know they they stay consistently good and then they got hot that's that's kind of what the Brewers need to do and we're not we're not even as bad as they were um, last or in 2019 at this point in the year and they had Scherzer and, and Strasburg still healthy yeah. they um, <laughs> yeah I, I mean and looking at the Braves season too. I, during that season, I'm sure their fans were right downtrodden uh, toward the big, uh, halfway through that season. Rana Acuna, their their best player and possibly the best player, one of the best players of this generation, went down to injury and he was out for the year. You would think, well, let's pack it up. We'll play for next year or whatever. Instead, they, their GM went out and acquired guys like Eddie Rosario and Jorge Solari to plug that the missing hole. And they ended up winning the World Series without their best player even on the field for the playoffs for even one game of the playoffs. So, I mean, it can be done. Um, but like you said, we just got, I think we have to focus on win, getting in the playoffs and the only path to do that, like we mentioned is winning the division. And I think we just have to write the ship. Uh, we got to get healthy. We've got to stop this carousel rotation of players like, you know, for you know, these corner outfielder players and, and hopefully some guys stick and start clicking. And, and we're going to need some contribution from the younger players, too. I think we're going to still need some contribution later in the season from Trang, from Freelick. Joy Weimer has had a growing pains type rookie season, but you can see the talent there. You can see that he's got some thunder in the bat and makes some awesome defensive plays and uh, all that stuff. And heck of an arm, man. He's like, he's fun to watch. Like, he, oh, yeah, he yeah. Got a- of an arm in the outfield like he he day in and day out he's been one of my favorite guys to actually just you know watch play a game of baseball and i, oh, I know he had some big stats, he's got he, a phenom- uh, phenomenal defense uh, like you said his arm he's got he, he's got power speed i mean he really has all the tools so he's an exciting yeah. i mean he's going to be like a borderline uh, all-star type player i believe going forward and i believe that's true of mitchell too so I mean, the future beyond this year, I think, is still really positive for the Brewers, especially. So, um, you know, but let's focus on this season, obviously, as we head toward um, the summer classic coming up in about a month or whatever. Um, and I think the yeah. Brewers will be in good position. Um, also, the draft that used to be around this time of year, for all you longtime Brewer listeners who might be confused, is no longer in the beginning of June. It's held the All-Star break uh, weekend or I should say the week of all-star break. So we'll, we'll still have our draft preview before that time sometime in the next month coming up for the mm-hmm. MLB draft. But in the meantime, I, I think, uh, you know, let's get out to some games and support the Brewers and hopefully we can write this ship and find some offense somewhere, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Sounds good. We're, we're hoping some bats uh, return to form and hopefully some guys come back from injury strong and, and hopefully the Brewers are going to continue to be, to be uh, actively looking for guys that can be serving as upgrades, you know, maybe Toppy is that guy. Maybe he can provide a little bit of a spark. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Brewers are at least tinkering and not just staying pat. I will say that. I think that it is important to, to kind of keep, you know, it's not the best approach, but it is kind of what it is at this point in the season until the deadline gets a little bit closer and you might have some, some higher caliber bats that are available. So um, I'm glad the Brewers are at least, you know, tinkering around uh, at this point to the, to the uh, hopeful effect of, of reigniting this offense. I'm looking for a jump start from anybody <laughs> at, at this juncture. Yeah. And I don't mind the in-season tinkering as much because you have injuries and whatnot. What I don't like yeah. from this current regime is the off-season tinkering, like waiting to the exactly. very end of free agency and then tinkering around with what's left in the bargain bin and seeing what you can come up with. Because, I mean, yeah, 
it only works so often. I mean, you, at some point you got to add talent to your team, even if it's going to cost you some money. So Mark, open up the wallets. Uh, Mark Antoniak is willing to open up his wallet. Mark Anto- Antonasio should certainly be willing to open up his a little bit more uh, and bring in some some talent on the offensive side for this team. So Yeah, it goes back to that philosophy we've talked about so many times about, you know, let's stop being so reactive and be more proactive and target a guy, you know, at the beginning of the offseason. And it seems like we haven't done that much um, in the past couple of years. And I, I think you're right. I think it's kind of showing right now, but we'll – We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully some lessons are being learned here. We'll see how the uh, the deadline is approached here in the coming weeks. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, Brewer fans. Uh, make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Brewer Review One on Twitter, and then um, send in your questions to Scotty. He and his interns, I know, are uh, keep saying it, but at one of these episodes, he'll be uh, getting to your questions. So, Brewer Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. He's going to have a lot of. Uh, emails to follow up on but we will get to those eventually all right sounds good all right well stay classy wisconsin thanks for joining me vince and go brewers go brewers thanks craig thanks scotty thanks chad